Hello, and welcome to the Gay Anarchist Yoga and Erotic Cooking Association podcast. I'm Ro, and I'm hosting this episode because not only did I watch the movie, I read the book and binged most of the TV show. That's right, today we're hoofing it all the way back to high school to talk about Love, Simon. Has there been a more charming piece of media about a gay high schooler put out by a major Hollywood studio? Probably not, seeing as how Love, Simon was the first. We have a lot to learn today, but since when have we been advocates of learning? Pshaw! <laughs> today my guests and I are skipping class and dodging truancy officers to chat about some feel-good high school movie goodness. <laughs> so let's find out who's hiding behind the school building with me today. First up, you thought detention could hold her down? Foolish mortal, it's Amelia! Hi, my name's Amelia, and I am your local misfit goth kid who got suspended for smoking weed behind the... Bleachers and stealing fire hydrants. <laughs> and I can be found at the Nefarious Navigator on Instagram. Bless. Up next, he's here for some downtime after a hostile takeover of the AV Club. It's Jack. Oh man, guys, I, I've never really done this before. I've never cut uh, or hung out. Um, but you're sure it's gonna be good? I can have a sip of uh, the the vodkas. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, <laughs> we'll share the vodkas with you. Uh, okay, great. Um, <laughs> no peer <Great>. pressure here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm imaginary friend Jack, and you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv/imaginary friend Jack. Bless. And finally, when he's not in the computer lab mining Dogecoin, you can find him feeding stray cats near the football field. It's Nato Kitch! <laughs> Hi, I'm Nato Kitch, and I'm skipping rehearsal because, and this is true, I was kicked out of the theater by the vindictive dictator who threatened violence against me and tried to have me expelled. Dad? <laughs> yes, son? For those of you who don't know, that was a Buckle Surfers reference. <laughs> All right, we've got our introductions out of the way, and that brings us to our first game, Gay Eka versus today's podcast agenda. You know the drill. Seven questions. Each right answer earns you a point. Each wrong answer loses a point. The winner of today's game gets shotgun on the ride to Denny's after I, spring, uh, after I finish spring musical rehearsal. Are you ready? I don't know if I studied for this pop quiz. <laughs> what, were we, uh, what were we covering this week again? La La Land? All right. So, first question. The best part of doing a podcast on a movie with an actual budget is that we have a cast with some actual celebrities. Which of these interesting facts about the cast of Love, Simon did I not make up 15 minutes before we started recording? Is it A, Josh Duhamel's big break in the acting business came when he portrayed Leo Abbott on The Young and the Restless, a daytime soap opera on CBS portraying the lives of the upper crust in Genoa City. Is it B? Jennifer Garner has been mistaken fairly often for Amy Jo Johnson, better known as Kimberly Hart, the pink Power Ranger. Garner has even been asked to sign photos of the Mighty Morphin actress on multiple occasions. Or is it C? Tony Hale has the odd distinction of being one of the few working actors in Hollywood to never have guest starred on an episode of Law & Order SVU, a show that, despite its name, is not about anthropomorphic minivans who fight crime. <laughs> NATO! I'm gonna go for Tony Hale. <laughs> that is flat-out incorrect, and you know it. Yes! <laughs> Every actor in Hollywood has at least walked through the back of the set of Law & Order SVU. I'm ashamed of you. <laughs> Amelia. Well, I was going to guess C because I was like, oh, that's the one that's obviously going to be right because it seems the most wrong. You're um, welcome. But instead, I guess I'll go with Jennifer Garner being confused for the Pink Power Ranger. That is correct. Go, Jennifer go, go, Garner go, go, and go, Amy Jo Johnson share enough of a resemblance that Garner has been asked repeatedly to sign photos of the Pink Power Ranger. That is not their only connection, though. Amy Jo Johnson worked with Jennifer Garner's first husband, Scott Foley, on the drama series Felicity. It's a small world. Or something I must like prefer go-go power bottoms. <laughs> I, I, I am behind this idea. <laughs> Question two. The director of Love, Simon, Greg Berlanti, is most well-known for his work in television. Which one of these three shows did Berlanti not produce? 
Is it A, the Powerpuff Girls, a gritty live-action remake of the popular cartoon shows Blossom, Bubbles, and Buttercup as young women in their 20s, bitter and resentful of their former lives as child crime fighters. This is an actual show, and it's coming soon to a screen near you. Is it B, Dawson's Creek? This show is your standard run-of-the-mill CW hot teen drama set in a small coastal town. Think Riverdale, but set in the early 2000s and with way more James Vanderbeek. Or is it C? (laughs) Marvel's Runaways. Based on a comic of the same name, Runaways is about a group of six teens with superpowers who run away from home in order to face off against their parents who run a crime syndicate. NATO. I accidentally buzzed in. Don't count me. (laughs) All right. Jack. You know what? I'm going to go with uh, Dawson's Creek because the other two are, like, superhero-ish. So... That is incorrect. Interesting note. Not only did Greg Berlanti produce Dawson's Creek, but he also produced Riverdale. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I really don't know my uh, my CW. (laughs) Amelia. Um, I know this is the wrong answer, but I want it to be a real show. So I'm going with Powerpuff Girls. That, that is, is actually show. a real Wait. show, and Greg Berlanti is actually attached to it. Oh, wish you could see Amelia's face now. I wish you could see Amelia's face. She looks so shocked right now. <laughs> I can't wait for that, wait. honestly. This is a real show to that's be happening? Fair, to, yes. to be fair, it has not hit the airways yet, and it is still very much in pre-production. But it is a real show. That is going to happen, and Greg Berlanti is attached to it. Wow. So, there's only one answer left, and that is Marvel Runaways. Despite being no stranger to superhero TV properties, Berlanti's work in the genre focuses exclusively on DC heroes, not Marvel. Berlanti's work includes Arrow, The Flash, Doom Patrol, Supergirl, Batwoman, an untitled Green Lantern series that is planned to be released in the not-too-distant future, and just about every other DC property that has touched CW in the last decade. Wow. Go figure. (laughs) (laughs) Question three. Despite working almost exclusively as a, a TV writer and producer... It seems that Berlanti is no stranger to queer film either. Which of these other gay movies did Greg Berlanti also direct? Is it A, The Broken Hearts Club, a romantic comedy? This movie is a slice-of-life look at gay men looking for love in, you guessed it, Los Angeles. Los Angeles is apparently the gayest place ever set to film. Go figure. (laughs) Is it B, (laughs) Bend It Like Beckham, a movie that is definitely only about soccer? Yep, soccer. And totally not about girls falling in love through the magic of sports. Nope, (laughs) just soccer. Or is it C, Edge of Seventeen? This movie is about a young youth type named Eric who kisses one boy during the summer before senior year and has a big personality change about it. The story is set in the era of the Eurythmics and Boy George and Sweater Vests. You know, the 80s. Why did um, big Na- personality make me laugh so much? <laughs> I'm gonna go NATO. with I'm gonna go with Edge of Seventeen. It is not Edge of Seventeen. No. Um, Amelia. Is it that definitely not gay in any way at all, but definitely only a sports movie? It is bend not it like bend it like Beckham. <laughs> This is a low-scoring game. I've never actually seen Bendit like Beckham. Um, I believe that brings everybody now into negative points. <laughs> so I, this I game will. Clarify... <laughs> I want to clarify. My buzzer just turned green. Um, I wasn't allowed to buzz in. <laughs> I'm sorry. That might be because I forgot to clear the buzzers. <laughs> That's okay. I'm Were you gonna? gonna were... What were you going to guess? (laughs) Well, I was going to guess B, but I got to guess A now. (laughs) What's the game code again? (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'm taking too long to read the questions, apparently. (laughs) I I refreshed after... (laughs) 
It's just, it's just like, oh, it'll just put me back in. <laughs> all right, I gotta read the answer, y'all. <laughs> it's prom night all over again. <laughs> That's right. The answer out. is Broken Hearts Club, a romantic comedy. <laughs> which features Timothy Oliphant, more recently known for his work on Fargo, but most notably features a young Zach Braff one year before his breakout success in Scrubs. Other than that, this movie's not really of note. It has a few touching themes and also stars uh, Billy Porter, whom I absolutely adore. Um, but, you know... If it if it's a movie of note, we'll eventually cover it. You'll you'll hear from us about it eventually. I'm sure. <laughs> one day, one day. Question four: Love Simon was based on the book Simon versus the Homo Sapiens Agenda by Becky Albertalli, which is the first of four books to take place in the Simon verse. Which of these book titles is not part of the Simon verse? Is it A, based loosely on Jane Austen's Emma? The Upside of Unrequited is a book about a young girl named Molly Peskin Suso who has 16, uh, 26 excuse me, unrequited crushes. <laughs> is it B, billed as a direct sequel, Leia on the Offbeat features Simon's friend Leia in her own struggle to hold on to her friends during the rocky time before their graduation, as well as her struggle with her own bisexuality? Or is it C, Symptoms of Being Human, which is a look at a teen named Riley whose therapist advises them to write a blog about their experience with being gender fluid in a conservative and unaccepting environment? Amelia. Is it C? It is, Yay! yes! The good news is that The Symptoms of Being Human is a real book that you can actually read. The bad news, for the purposes of this podcast only, is that it has nothing at all to do with the Simon verse. Written by Jeff Garvin, Symptoms of Being Human is one of the first young adult novels ever to tackle the topic of gender fluidity with a sympathetic lens. If it is ever made into a movie, you will hear us talking about it. Let me mark that point for Amelia, you mark who is it. currently ahead with a grand total of zero points. Yay, Amelia. <laughs> I just really want to ride shotgun to Denny's, you know? <laughs> That's it's, all I it's a primo reward. Any theater kid it knows uh, the ride to Denny's is the most important. Question five. The Simon verse is not limited to books only. In fact, the movie has spawned a spin-off series on Hulu called Love Victor that follows another young queer high school student protagonist trying to navigate his own sexuality. How does Victor eventually meet Simon? Is it A, Simon comes back home from New York for a bachelor party, meets Victor at the coffee shop Victor works at, and ends up having a discussion with him about sexuality on top of the Ferris wheel at the Winter Carnival? Is it B? Clear buzzer. Is it B? After after exchanging emails for the better part of the series, Victor travels to New York to meet with Simon and discuss the myriad issues that are keeping him from coming out. Or is it C? Simon comes home as part of a college fair and ends up meeting Victor as he inquires about LGBT-friendly schools and how to find them. Jack. Is it C? It is not. Okay. Let me just boop. NATO. Okay, so a guy I follow on Patreon uh, that does a lot of fan fiction, uh, Yowie. Um, recently, like literally oh, today, recently today <laughs> did did a picture of Victor and someone else that I don't know who is in Starbucks uniforms. So I'm gonna go with A. Um, is a very good guess, but that is not it. <laughs> I made these questions too good, y'all. <laughs> or I just watched a lot We're of porn. We're doing great. We're doing great. The correct answer is B. Victor pulls a fast one on his controlling parents and buses it up to New York City to meet with Simon. After Simon proves to Victor that even though there is no one way to be gay, LGBTQ people are a community based on shared experiences uh victor ends up going back home with renewed confidence and determination to tell the people who are closest to him exactly who he is 
now the reason I might have I might have misled you with that answer because both of the other two answers involve um, plot lines from that episode. Uh, Victor actually works at a coffee shop, and that's where um, his boy crush works. (laughs) Is with at the coffee shop with him. The movie lied to um, me. um, Victor uh, also when he goes to New York, Victor uses the. Victor uses a uh, school fair or uh, college stuff as an excuse to, as to why he's in New York when he's meeting other gay people. He's like, I'm too awkward to tell people I'm gay. <laughs> so I'm just going to tell them that I'm here looking at NYU's basketball team, whatever that looks like. <laughs> Balls. <laughs> you know, All that's right. the one where they hit the ball with the stick, right? <laughs> yeah, that's the one. <laughs> That's the one where they wear the short shorts, right? Yes, yes. Every sport is the sport with short shorts. (laughs) All right. Question six. Love, Simon was produced in part by Temple Hill Entertainment, a company on the rise with a few hot properties already under their belt. Which one of these young adult properties did Temple Hill Entertainment not help bring to the big screen? Is it A, The Twilight Saga, a popular vampire romance series that came to the silver screen in 2008. NATO might know it better as the slightly better vampire boys with more castability. But does it have penises? Is it B, Divergent, a dystopian (laughs) romance property where young adults are sorted into factions based on personality traits they wish to embody. Society in Divergent believes that a person can only ever be one thing. You can be brave or selfless, but you can't be both. Haven't they ever heard of intersectionality? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or is it C, The Maze Runner, a dystopian sci-fi series about a group of children with no memories who are placed in the middle of a maze with seemingly no escape. Not only must they find their way out, but they are constantly hunted by lethal creatures called grievers. Sounds like a Friday night at the gay bars to me. Am I right? Am I right? <laughs> Not during COVID. Jack. I'm going to go with Twilight. It, it is not Twilight. <laughs> I thought that one was too early. (laughs) (laughs) NATO. I'm going to go with B. Divergent? Yes. You are correct. Literally the worst movie ever made. I've never heard of it. You know what? I didn't see it, so I can't argue. I thought it was fake. I saw that movie in theaters. I saw that movie in theaters and actively fell asleep during the second half. Like, it's the only movie I've ever fallen asleep to, and I hate that series with a passion. Like, no no judgment if people like it, but for me... <sighs> Wait, it's a series? Mm-hmm. I thought it was fake. It is a series, yes. The last movie <laughs> wasn't even released in theaters. That's how bad it got. Oh, so it's like um, Atlas Shrugged. They, like... Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Except so. he shrugged and fell over. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so Divergent was not produced by Temple Hill Entertainment. Despite their great young adult track record with properties like Twilight, Love, Simon, The Maze Runner, and even The Faults in Our Stars, Divergent did exactly as its name suggested and diverged. <laughs> um, I think by far Amelia has a run on this one, but I'm going to go ahead and ask question seven anyway, because it took me the longest to write. (laughs) (laughs) So I've been racking my brain for a better last question, but I just don't have NATO's skill of inventing fake movie plots. What I do have, though, is an almost encyclopedic knowledge of music theater. So let's get to it. In the movie adaptation... (laughs) Simon and his friends are in the middle of rehearsals for Cabaret, a musical detailing life in pre-World War II Britain. However, in the book, Simon vs. the Homo Sapiens Agenda, our star group of friends are in the midst of rehearsals for a different musical entirely. Which musical was it? Is it A, Oliver, based on Charles Dickens' novel Oliver Twist? In this classic show, the titular character gets kicked out of an orphanage for being hungry, inducted into a thieves' guild, hunted down by a vicious killer type, and almost adopted a handful of times. Is it B, Seussical the Musical, based on the collected works of Dr. Seuss? Done to death by nearly every high school in America, Seussical the Musical follows the plot of Horton Hears a Who and Horton Hatches an Egg. 
while including story elements and characters from other books as well. Or is it C, Beauty and the Beast, based on the Disney movie of the same name? Beauty and the Beast is a lesson to young girls that the only men in your life who matter are the ones that don't lose their shit over independent thought. <laughs> Jack! I'm gonna go with Susical. Susical the Musical is incorrect. <laughs> Amelia! Is it Oliver? Please tell me it's it Oliver. It is, in fact, Oliver. Yes. The production company ran into issues when the rights to Oliver turned to be turned out to be too expensive. The creative minds behind Love, Simon were actually in the midst of writing their own musical when they stumbled upon Cabaret. Apparently, they could use the show royalty-free so long as the character of Sally Bowles wasn't portrayed while wearing a top hat. Don't ask me why that's a thing. I know musicals, not royalty law. Such and a specific thing. <laughs> I know, it's right? Probably Liza. Apparently, it's it has Liza. something to do with if she's in a top hat, then they're portraying the movie and not the musical, and that's a different property uh -huh. entirely. It it's complicated. The only thing that I know for certain is that the winner of this week's game is Amelia. I I get to ride shotgun to Denny's? Not only do you get to ride shotgun to Denny's, you also get the ox cord. Just don't play any musicals, okay? <laughs> it's okay, Nate, now cuddle uh, in the Actually, back. all I'm going to be playing are the soundtracks to Wicked and Hamilton, so you just played yourself. Oh, no. It's like I... It's like... <laughs> what in the world am I gonna do having majored in musical theater <laughs> just sit in the driver's seat of my car tortured by the thing that I love most <laughs> whatever will I do <laughs> while you're busy picking out a song I'm gonna go ahead and summarize Love, Simon for the audience Love, Simon is a movie about a boy named Simon who is very secretly gay as it happens, uh, Simon is exchanging emails with an anonymous classmate of his who is also very secretly gay. Over the course of the movie, Simon ends up falling in love with Blue, his mystery correspondent, and spends quite a bit of time daydreaming about which classmate Blue could end up being. When he leaves his email page open in the school library one day, another classmate named Martin finds out Simon's big gay secret and uses it to blackmail him into fucking with the foundations of his fun group. When Martin can't win the heart of his secret love Abby, Martin shares screenshots of Simon's emails, outing him to the whole school. Ultimately, this film looks at what it means to come out on your own terms and how being gay is a different experience for everybody. In light of that, I would love to hear about uh, everybody else's relationship with coming out. Um, normally I would let Amelia do this since she won, but, uh, she just left to pick up food. So we're going to start with Jack. <laughs> uh, so, okay. I, 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 you know, I guess I never really came out. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, uh, I was just, um, yeah, I, for those who don't know, I identify as pansexual. Um, and <laughs> it, it was one of those things where, like, I just kind of figured it out. But, like, I never really, like, made a thing about it. Like, I, I feel like, you know, I think the biggest thing I ever did was I posted on Facebook, I'm pan, that's all, you know. And um, that was actually, that was more recently than anything and i think the reason it never really like i never considered that i had a coming out party is or a coming out in general is just that like you you know i this is so weird like i, I like i look if, if you were to look at the relationship i'm in and like the you know my history quote unquote like it looks pretty normal you know like if from just like on the surface like if you were to look at my partner and i it's we are um we we look like you know you're a normal quote-unquote hetero couple um but the fact is is that you know i don't identify as heterosexual and neither does my partner um but we just you know we're kind of like 
Oh, they look they look hetero, you know. So they You must look be. like the couple that would get side-eyed at a pride parade even though you absolutely 100% belong there. Yeah, yeah. And and so like I guess for me, like I said, I it's never something that I really experienced, you know. Like I said the most I ever did was I just said something on Facebook and then like it was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, people know now. Cool." Um I never cuz it took me a long time to figure out, too, you know. And it was just one of those things so in like and I, I know we'll get into this a lot more I think in seeing this movie I was able to look at it from like that moment you know like I said that we'll probably talk about a little more from the outside um, but that didn't negate like the effectiveness of, of that moment in the film someone else talk now I'm, I'm <laughs> does anybody else I was just about to say does anybody else want to jump in in high school once to my parents and my mom looked at me in the face and like I told her after I had a, my first kiss with a girl at the ice rink I told her I was like yeah I think I'm I think I'm bisexual my mom looked at me in the face and was like no you're not stop trying to get attention so then I just didn't say anything ever again to anybody but also I just kind of nonchalantly post stuff about being bisexual or queer queer culture or being bi or pan on Facebook all the time. So it's kind of like a non-coming out, coming out. I feel like for me, coming out was a very gradual experience. Like, I had to take a long time to come out to myself first. And then by the time I had taken the time to realize exactly um, what, I, what I identified as sexually, um, everybody else around me had already figured it out. And, I mean, <laughs> that's not even getting into or touching the gender stuff i mean i started doing research into gender identities and my brain was so shook like <laughs> it legit had to like pack it away and like wait six or seven years before you could say all right let's start unpacking this <laughs> what are we missing <laughs> you know um so coming out for me has already always been a, a gradual thing and i'm so I still come out to myself all the time. I think one of the beautiful things about this movie, and to a certain extent, uh, this series, Love, Victor, as well, is the emphasis that there is no one way to be gay. Um, every person has a different experience of it, and despite that, we're still a community based on shared experience. Um, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I think one of the beautiful things about how the conversation has evolved recently is, like, back in my day, I, I feel really bad saying that because I'm not even that old, but in back my in my day, back uh, in my day, we back used in my to day, push a hip or a hoop with a stick <laughs> with a trolley. Back in my day, if you even had an inkling of wanting to question your gender identity, you had to go to some forum in the back of the internet and and read about it there you didn't have like a big open community of trans or genderqueer people to share your experience with and and that change is just over the last decade oh yeah mm -hmm. like um, it's yeah. it's amazing how quickly the conversation is moving nowadays and, we probably should um, make a, a, a clarification that we're talking about American culture. So along those lines, there's another conversation I want to have. Um, this is a very important movie uh, being one of the first Hollywood movies ever to portray a young LGBT character uh, in the process of coming out. Do you think that this movie went far enough Um uh, could they have done more to kind of drive this message home? So, I, I think so. I, I do. I think. I want to. I want to preface and say that I really enjoyed this. I did. I found a lot of it like very, like I. I found myself able to identify with Simon. I found myself able to put myself in his shoes, um, and I felt they did a good job with a lot of the other characters. Um, but at the end of the day, the whole film kind of felt predictable in a sense. Um, as much as I, like, I, I, I did really enjoy it. 
I feel like like you knew at the end of this film, no matter what, it was all going to work out. Like and and like his parents were going to be fine. His friends were eventually, even though they have this falling out, they're going to come back. And at the end of the movie, I mean, I guess is it okay to say what happens at the end of the movie? <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't, don't want to spoil it for anybody. Um, I think we're working on the assumption that anybody listening to this podcast has already seen the movie. Okay. Well, go see it. Go see it. Yeah. Go see it. If you haven't, just pause right now and please watch it because it is a really good film. I just, like, you knew Blue was going to show up, you know, at the end. Like, Even if you didn't know who Blue was, you yeah, knew you that knew somebody they were. was going to be there. And, and right. I feel like, yeah, I feel like, in a sense, um, I, like I, I felt like that like kind of removed a little bit for me like it, it could have been a great film like a, like a truly great film to me if they had pushed those things a little bit more like maybe instead of having like both parents like like I liked that they took time like there was obviously a time progression between when he comes out to his family and when you know when they kind of are like hey you know we still love you um you know and like they have that emotional reconnection right but maybe maybe having one of them being like i need more time or i need instead of both of them just being like right oh, you know this or because you can you can see in parts that the dad is a bit a bit more shaken and tries yeah. to play off the news more than the mother does i think they could have done uh yeah. like like what you're saying i think they could have done more to show that to push that just a little bit more like it's still saying he's like it's okay i mean I'm, i still love you you're my kid but pushing it a little bit further but like i still need more time um because i think that's very realistic in a lot of situations and then or or maybe even having like one of the friends be like i, I just can't not because of the fact that you know simon's gay but because like like the best friend character who's in love with him, you know, Leah, she's like, you don't just get over that, like being in love with somebody and then having to drop it. And they just kind of like, nope, he's dead, whatever, like straight Simon's dead to me and we're going to move on. Like having her say, you know what, I still need time to get over that. And like, I, you're still my friend, but maybe we shouldn't be at like attached at the hip, um, you know, like adding just a few more little bits of like what I feel would be like realism into it would have made this like elevated it so much more. And that's not, again, not to say that this isn't a really good and I feel really important film. I just feel like they played it a little too safe. You know, it was too happy ending. Jack, you know, I, I love you, but I hated this movie. <laughs> um, oh, <laughs> I think I think it's an important film, but personally, I I absolutely hate it. I thought this movie specifically has a lot of negatives about it, especially with reinforcing negative gay stereotypes, like fantasizing about straight people, specifically, um, mm. and also that all gay people are boring. So, <laughs> um, but I think I think my main issue with it was just the lack of interest, like when the character gets starts really like uh feeling that they're gay it's kind of the same thing with looking for your your community online like we did when we were kids um we don't get to really see any real aspect of the queer community it's just an aspect of him when this really could be used to introduce more people to more ideas I agree. I I agree with that statement. Um, I I mean, and I it definitely has its flaws to me, for sure. Like I I like I told you guys, I took notes on this whole thing, <laughs> like, and I, I I sat there like the entire time, like I like this. I really don't like that. I think they could have pushed this further. Um, I think uh, the reason why I think it's a good film is because it felt like it it opened a doorway that a lot of people aren't weren't like gonna take if they pushed it too far. But I still feel like they could have, they played it still too safe to me. It's like, like there's a line that they, they just, they're getting really close and then they just stopped. And then it has all these flaws on top of it. What do you think yeah, about that? Yeah, like, 
I, I just want to say this real fast. Like, it's <laughs> just, it just feels like something this important needs more to it. No, no, no. You know, sorry, Amelia. Uh, <laughs> no worries. <laughs> sorry, we keep cutting you off. Amelia. Sorry, I'm just, I'm just watching Amelia trying to, trying to get into the conversation for the, like the last five, six minutes. <laughs> I definitely agree that there are parts where it didn't go far enough for sure. And one major issue I had with the film was how the Simon and Martin storyline, I feel like the way he was forced to come out and, like, getting blackmailed into it, essentially. There's not really a good resolution to that. Martin just kind of goes, oh, it's sad seeing you here on the Ferris wheel. I'm gonna pay to ride with you, or whatever. And I don't know, I feel like they really should have explored that a little more. Like, the freaking trauma that comes with along, like, the freaking trauma that comes along with not only being blackmailed into coming out, but also losing your entire friends group. And I just want to say that his friends are kind of shitty for the way that they reacted to the fact that he was blackmailed into coming out and making Abby fall for Martin and all this other stuff. I feel like, definitely feel like they could have gone further with that storyline. Also, I really would like to see Martin get punched in the face. Like, I just, you know. Agreed. Uh, agreed. Agreed. I, I also just feel like the blackmail part shouldn't have even been in the movie in the first place. Like, yeah. I, I get, like, I, again, this is uh, off a book. I'm uh, and I'm sure that's part of the book. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of, it, yeah, it's like the big part of the book, yeah. But, like, isn't coming out and being gay hard enough? Like, do we have to have a blackmail subplot in this that feels kind of shoehorned <laughs> in at times? Like, like I, it, it kind of felt like that was something that it's just like, okay, he's having these thoughts and rather right. than exploring, like, I think this is me. Like he's just automatically like forced to push through all that because he's being blackmailed and they could have had a really interesting, really thoughtful movie like and, and storyline with that without having that part i mean at that part it, it feels like okay that, that moves it along it gives it like a ticking clock almost or just a a push forward but i think they could have had a more thoughtful um dialogue had they which just removed begs, that which begs the question i think is there a more delicate way to get across the point that everybody's experience with coming out is different and very very personal like how would you rather have seen that point come across because in the end, this is this is a movie about coming out and the experience around coming out and how it's a big fucking deal, right? Although I will say that the blackmail plot did give us one of the best, or pretty much like the greatest scene that's really impacted me, which is the altercation scene between Martin and Simon. And I think that it's mm, so right. perfect, it's so succinct in what it has to say and the feelings that are expressed between both parties with Simon obviously being like, I did fucking everything you wanted. You're the one who screwed it up kind of thing. But also like asserting that, you know, you've literally stolen this from me and I can never have it back is just like one of the most impactful scenes. Like I want more of those kind of. <laughs> oh yeah. I felt it. Like that was the, the best part of the movie to me. Um, right. I agree. Like, I, and I sat it, I paused it because I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and as a straight person, Martin is really not in a position to know, like, exactly what sort of impact his actions are really having. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would have just liked to see them go further with the fallout from the blackmail. I would have liked to see more of the emotional fallout that Simon himself felt from it. Just take it a little further than, oh, now my friends are mad at me and I'm sad. I would have liked to see them explore that further. I also would have liked to see Martin not be forgiven because that was a really shitty thing to do. Oh, yeah. Like, I know I blackmailed that... you, but here's $4. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the fuck? Right. To ride again, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if they have plans on making a movie out of Leia on the Offbeat, which is the sequel to... Uh, Simon versus the Homo Sapiens Agenda, but I am told that um, that Martin is a character in the book, and that he is more or less universally reviled by the student body uh, for for what transpired. To which I say, 
you know, fucking good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you reap what you it sow. Should be. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, I'm I, like not not to be vindictive, but he deserves it after everything that he did. You know, like you never want to wish ill on people, but yeah, he brings it on himself. Like everything I he mean, does is sh- so shitty. The fact that he wants to blackmail somebody to force his friend into liking him mm-hmm. that's blackmailing aside okay. the fact that he's trying to get anybody to force somebody else to like him is just no i would just I like think to blackmail say... aside my biggest issue with martin as a character is how do you take perfectly good trivia about pre-World War II Berlin and Christopher Isherwood and make it into something so smarmy sounding. I yes. don't appreciate. <laughs> <laughs> my 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 boy should not have done Christopher Isherwood like that. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest problem in this movie. Yes. Another problem I really have with this movie, and it's very much like a little nitpick, but um how am I supposed to be invested in a coming of gay film when no one dreams of being a music star and their song somehow inspires change in the third act? <laughs> I feel like this is a real missed opportunity here, you know. What, people growing and learning from their mistakes? <laughs> I mean, they're literally working on a musical in yeah. this movie. And he has the a... only musical number I get is a poorly rendered version of Welcome and Bienvenue from Cabaret. Really? <laughs> that is beautiful. <laughs> they, they have the one scene where he's like, oh, I'll, I'll go off to, uh, and this is why I say the movie lied to me, because he says, oh, I'll go off to LA and be like, live my best gay life or something like that. And then he has a like thought, like a, a dream sequence about him in college. And he's like, they're like all dancing and stuff to, uh, oh, what was the song that they were playing? I can't remember. Um, I believe but yeah, everybody's... it was Whitney Houston's "I Want to Dance with Somebody." Yes, it was. It was. Which, and, like everybody's fun fact, like... <laughs> fun fact is the same song that Jennifer Garner, who is also in this movie, uh, got ready to party to in her movie Thirteen Going on Thirty. Nice, fun fact. <laughs> it was uh, in Footloose, and I <laughs> did a jazz rendition of Footloose. Uh, right after high school. Hell yeah. (laughs) And I was horrible. (laughs) Um, And with that said, I think we are going to go ahead and move on to our final game of the night. Gay set match. Uh, I believe everybody uh, present knows how this game works. Um, I will give out a category. Our guests will take turns picking the answer they think is best, and then we will put those answers head-to-head until the winner is decided. Odd person out decides. Is everybody ready? Yeah. Let's do this. All right. Um, Our first category today is favorite supporting character. Starting us off will be Nato versus Amelia. Nato, you pick first. No doubt, Vice Principal Tony Hill. Look, he's supportive. <laughs> Look, he's always supportive. He actually does something about the bullying. When he's called out on the use of offensive terminology, he tries to make things right. And he's legit the only person who seems like they're having fun in this movie. <laughs> Fair enough. Amelia? I do not uh, disagree with that. I am going to go with the drama teacher for similar reasons. Like, she's not even in that much of the movie, but, you know, the two scenes she's in, she's just amazing. (laughs) You know, her uh, watching the rehearsal go down for Cabaret is uh, iconic, actually. (laughs) What did she say? She was like, I was an extra on The Lion King. (laughs) This is what I'm doing now. And also, you know, just calling out the shitty police people. Like, no, this isn't cool. You're going to the office, and I'm going to get my tubes tied because children are terrible. (laughs) All right, Jack. Are you going to go with Mr. Down with the Kids, or are you going to go with You Don't Want None of This Drama Teacher? Oh, my God. See, the thing is, is you both took my answers. Because, <laughs> like, those are my top two. You have to pick between your two favorite children, Jack. <laughs> I, I did say earlier that theater teacher is mood, but I I think, um, I think I'm going to have to go with the vice principal, only because... Um, 
of how fallible he is in it too. Like I love the theater teacher and she is like perfect to me. Like like her character is like yes. Like and she's doing everything right in that moment by calling them out. But the vice principal, like, even when he's trying to make the bullies apologize, he's still like he's he's more real to me in that moment because he's like whatever you want to call it whatever and he just automatically assumes that the only two outed kids are together and he's like trying to dismiss it and and like i was like that felt so real to me because so many people want to just shove the issue under the rug and so like that's why i'm going with him because i'm like in that moment he just felt like that's the realest character on the screen in that moment so misguided but so supportive right (laughs) And I was just like, I was like, oh, okay. Um, again, that, that's that was a hard one for me. I it, and you both, you both are getting detention at my fake school <laughs> because you chose my two favorite side characters, and now I have to think of a new one. <laughs> All right, Jack, it's you versus NATO next. Would you uh, like to go ahead and pick a side character? Uh, um. <laughs> Uh, again you guys you you took my two Uh, okay if i have to pick a third one though um i would have to say actually the little sister she's barely in it but the little sister um again because of that scene where she's like i read it i read the creek secrets thing and her performance and her reaction in that moment just felt so real to me um like it, it felt like I want everything to be okay for my big brother because he's kind of my hero, and he's so supportive of me. Can't we just make this go away? Can't you just deny it? Can't you like, even though it is true, you know? And All right. I was like, again, felt real. NATO, would you like to stick with Vice Principal Tony Hale? I'm doubling down on it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Amelia, would you like to uh, would you like to pick Mister Down with the Kids, or will it be Shake and Bake Master Chef? <laughs> <laughs> this is Sophie's choice here. <laughs> I also felt that same way about the little sister. That was just such a sweet moment where she tries to come in and support her brother. Like, how do you want to deal with this? She's basically like, she's basically like, I'll be supportive regardless. I just love Buster Bluth, though. I think the vice principal really did try. That's fair. He was a good character. All right, mm-hmm. that leaves us with Jack versus Amelia. Jack, Amelia, would you like to stick with your characters, or would you like to switch? Uh, I mean, I'm kind of stuck. I think I'm going to keep them. <laughs> I'm going to keep the switch. I'm, I'm right. sticking. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going right, to stick with Nato. It comes down to Shake and Bake Master Chef versus You Don't Want None of This Drama Teacher. Who's it going to be? I'm making eyes at you to sway your vote. <laughs> you don't have to because I was going to say, I do like the little sister character a lot, and I wish they had done more with her. I feel like there needed to be more like bonding with them. But I think from what she had to work with, she was very effective. So... Little sister, it is. All right, that leaves us sis. At, <laughs> that means at the end of round one, NATO is leading with one point. <laughs> <laughs> we will go ahead and move on to question number two, which is: If Simon weren't being blackmailed, how should he have come out to his friends? We will go ahead and start this round with Amelia and Jack. I honestly would have kept the uh, Christmas coming out. You know, maybe his family's having a party or something. One thing I would have changed, though, for sure, is that in my ideal universe, him and Blue would have met up at some point before this, and he would be coming out with Blue to all their friends and family at this Christmas party together. Because what better time to start drama if there's going to be any than during the holidays? Am I right? (laughs) All right, Jack, what do you think? I I don't think he should have come out at all to to any of them. I think they could have... I think they should have kept it him trying to 
figure out who he is, and I think I just pissed off Nate. Um, <laughs> uh, but I, I think I think he should have he should have had like kind of more like definitely more agency over it, and you know showing that he didn't have to at the same time, and like how like the whole movie would have been debating whether he wants to, and then being like, you know what, I'm still not ready yet. To me, um, I, yeah. <laughs> All right. Nato, that leaves the decision up to you. Is it going to be Amelia's Christmas couples outing, or is it going to be Jack's back in the closet again? You know, Jack, that was my answer. <laughs> <laughs> so it's now we're even, that, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> You've read my notes. <laughs> um, I love as you. Mu- <laughs> as, as much as that is was my answer, I think I do like the idea of some holiday drama, because what better time than the season of giving to remind us that it's not the season of giving; it's the season of fuck you. Fuck you, my homophobic yeah. grandma. <laughs> All right, that's one one point for Amelia. Next up is uh, NATO versus Jack. Jack, would you like to keep your answer? I would, I would, I stand by All it just right. to just to see that look on Nate's face, like no, no, I have to think of something different. <laughs> All right, Nato, the crunch is on. How should Simon have come out? Great. Now I have to do the comedy bit. Thank you, Jack. Uh, it's a gender reveal <laughs> party. This is a, isn't this a comedy show? It's a gender reveal party, but the gender it's is sexuality, and the answer we is run. Simon's gay is burning down Atlanta. <laughs> Sorry, one more time. It's a gender reveal party, but the gender is ju- is a sexuality, and the answer is run. Simon's gay is burning down Atlanta. <laughs> all right, all right. Oh, all right, Amelia. That leaves the decision up to you. Is it Jack's back in the closet again, or is it NATO's sexuality reveal snafu? <laughs> As much as I do like a good dumpster fire, I agree. It would have been a really strong movie if it had kind of just been, you know, left open-ended. With Simon being like, hey, I'm still discovering myself. I'm not ready to come out. I would have respected had you said the the gender reveal, though, because that's just perfect. <laughs> I mean, yes, obviously. Yeah. And, you know, it's viral. Gender reveals. It is. Gender reveals are Gone a hot wrong. mess. It is a, oh, exactly. It is a trend that needs to die. <laughs> Yes. It's still 2020. <laughs> Surprise! It's a teenager. <laughs> I I will have I'll have a gender reveal party where uh they go to like cut in the cake cut down the cake and it's just vanilla on the inside. There's no color and they're just like wait Bless. what? Like they're just like no. I, My I child care. is white. <laughs> <laughs> why, why don't you just like put knockout gas in it and then whenever it wakes up says oh you missed it. I guess you'll have to wait. There you go. There you go. All right. That leaves up. Eh, that leaves us with one matchup left. Nato versus Amelia. Nato, Amelia, are you both confident with your answers? As I'll ever be. Keep in mind. All right, Jack. Is it going to be Amelia's Christmas couples outing, or is it going to be Nato's sexuality reveal snafu? The choice is yours. I mean, again, we did just say how amazing gender reveal debauchery is, but I do have to go with the the Christmas drama. I think that would have been um, just a little, a little more in keeping with the tone of the movie and like what they were trying to set. I think yes. the gender reveal would have just been a hard left turn, you know? <laughs> You know what that means. That means going into the end game, we have a three-way tie. Nato with two points, Jack with two points, Amelia with two points. That means we are moving on to category three. Who should have been blue? I want your hottest takes, everybody. No holds barred. Give me them spicy answers. <laughs> Give me one second to just retype all this stuff. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and going up first, we have Nato and Amelia. Nato, you're up first. You should have been blue. I mean, Lyle, obviously. I mean, who hasn't experienced the magic of sucking off a guy at the Waffle House? <laughs> I, 
I can't say I've Lyle had the pleasure. The, Lyle the Waffle House waiter. <laughs> you want to meet at the Waffle House later, Jack? <laughs> that was actually going to be my choice, so fuck you, NATO. <laughs> but um, I guess since I can't choose Lyle, as great as theater nerd and diner waiter would have been, I'm actually going to go with the hot take that it should have been Martin. Because then at the end, he could have been revealed for being the piece of shit, shit blackmailer that he is. Again, and got slapped in the face, and maybe punched. And I just, like, I really want to see Martin get punched or slapped. That's all I want. All right. Jack, um, who should have been Blue? Let's see. Uh, <laughs> it should have been the dad. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's a hot take. No, no, no. Um, I actually, I, I think it should have been no one. I don't think we should have known. I, I think Ew. we should have just gotten uh, like a, he, he never showed up. Interesting. Very. Fresh. Those are all. Those are all very hot takes <laughs> and not answers <laughs> I was expecting from anybody. Um, and we know how NATO feels about the French. Yes. All right. Seeing as how we're in a three-way tie, the uh, responsibility to choose. Falls upon me. Um, Y'all haven't given me any great choices. (laughs) Um, I think between the three, I... I'm gonna go for the hottest take. I think that... I think that the point in this case has to go with Jack. In this, uh, I think having it be open-ended, um, having it be a mystery, who asking the audience, who do you think Simon should have ended up with? I think that's a great choice. Um, I Not necessarily what I would have gone with, but now that I'm thinking about it more, I really think it makes sense. And that means the winner of this game and the uh, winner of permanent shotgun till graduation is jack everybody give jack a round of applause yay first round of egg scrambles is on me (laughs) until a stage light falls on your head on accident (laughs) jokes on you you better watch out in the i'm in the booth in the back Still yeah, you there. better watch out. Amelia usually wins these things, and she might be a little bit salty. Wait, did I win? Didn't I win during Queer Duck too? I think <laughs> I, 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 I don't remember. Did I? I think, I think we all like to forget that Queer Duck exists. Yes, I, true. Queer Duck. I I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> that was a fever dream that I had back a couple months ago. <laughs> And now it's time to find out whether our esteemed group of guests would recommend this movie for general consumption. Uh, Jack, since you won the game, let's have you go first. Was this movie out and proud, or should we stick it in the back of the closet? I think it was out and proud. I think I think it, it didn't go far enough, like I said, but um, I think it's still a good starting point, and I think the more support we can throw towards stuff like this, um, the more we'll see... Uh, you know, m- the more we'll see in the mainstream, and, and you know, hopefully we'll start getting the type of content that we really should. All right, Amelia, does this movie deserve a happily ever after, or did it leave you feeling blue? Yeah, I agree with Jack that it's uh, an important movie and it's one that's definitely <laughs> worth watching. And the better ratings that queer movies get, the more we're going to get content that we like and that represents us, and you know. <laughs> represents um and you know less stuff like queer duck (laughs) (laughs) all right and that leaves nato what about it nato did you love simon please don't unsubscribe until i get to the end of the statement uh i've been really conflicted (laughs) i've been really conflicted because i really didn't like this movie and i try to be very positive about it and that's because uh, I can see how important it is, especially when it comes to younger people who are discovering their identities. 
and like our jobs as we grow older is to make life safer for future generations to be themselves. So on that idea alone, I'll recommend the hell out of this movie because if it can help one person feel better about their identity, I don't want to keep anyone from experiencing that. Fair enough. That's what we think. But if you have an opinion on this movie that you'd like to share with us, you can do just that at Gay Echopod on Twitter. That's G-A-Y-E-C-A-P-O-D. And while you're at it, let us know if there's a movie you'd like us to discuss in the future. We're always looking for new suggestions. Now, before we wrap things up, let's hear how our guests this week would reboot Love, Simon to bring it from the modern era into the modern era. Let's start with Amelia. All right, hear me out. Love, Simon... But it's Greece, only because I want the scene at the end where they're riding off in the convertible into the sunset. Bless. <laughs> I'm 100% into this idea. Uh, Jack. Uh, I, uh, I stick with uh, my last time I was on, I said gritty reboot. I want to see dark, gritty love Simon, uh, but I want it to be as a long form uh, Law & Order SVU style show. <laughs> So there's a whole investigation around. Yeah, all of right. Simon's love interests start disappearing, and we have oh to no. figure out who Blue is. Are they a lover or the killer or both? Oh no, NATO. I think this movie could use two new leads that everyone can identify with, two people with a little more chemistry. So I propose we make this about me and Jack and how we're going to get married one day and have, uh, whether they know it or not, and have a million babies, bazillions. <laughs> Bazillions of babies, bless you. If any My of these remakes end up <laughs> if any of these remakes end up happening, you'll be sure to hear about it on the Gay Anarchist Yoga and Erotic Cooking Association podcast. Until next time, this is Ro reminding you that just because it's almost tourist season doesn't mean you can shoot them. Later. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>